Hi, everyone, and welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life and what next steps you need to take to get there. I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and I'm so glad you're here for episode 19. We're joined by Christina Igarivadez. Now, Christina is a writer, performer, producer, and a storytelling coach. Christina is constantly working on how to get people to laugh and sometimes cry through her performance, whether it's that ensemble production or digital short. She's training comedy across Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles at places like Second City and others. Her YouTube channel has received notoriety from outlets such as Huffington Post, Perez Hilton, LA Weekly, and more. In fact, her YouTube channel is a finalist for the Sundance YouTube New Voices Lab. Now, Christina, you'll hear she has such a strong passion for storytelling, has performed across various stages in Los Angeles, and has taught storytelling to others at the Ruby and at Second City. You know, Christina and I first crossed paths when she was teaching a storytelling class at Second City. And since that time, we've stayed in contact and just a real talent and is doing some pretty cool things in her life and her career in a way to bring story to others and helping people discover their true selves. Now, before we hear from Christina, I think all of us share a common goal that we all want to live a better life and live a better story and to have more influence in what we do. And stories and storytelling is one of the best things that we can do, becoming great at it to increase our influence with others. So as you think about how you share your story with others, I'd like for you just to be more aware of How far are you going? Are you merely relaying a set of facts and figures, or are you making that a story? And Christina gives us some great insights there that can help us be more successful. I think you're going to love learning from her and getting to know her. So now welcome to episode 19, everyone. And here is Christina Igarivadez. Christina, welcome to the podcast. It is so good to have you on the show. So thank you so much for asking me. I feel honored. Not at all. The honor is all mine. And Christina, take us back. You heard a little bit of my introduction of you. You've done a lot. But tell us a little bit more about your story and where did all this start? Um, Me, I am Christina Igarvides. I am currently living in Los Angeles. I am originally from Chicago. I lived in New York for a few years. I grew up actually in the city of Chicago, not like a lot of people who named the suburbs. Um, no hate, but it's not Chicago. Just name your suburb. Um, and I, I, um, I have a, a, a long background in advertising, actually, before doing anything artistic and creative. I was a media buyer and planner for 10 plus years, but I did Although I, I decided like my first month into my first corporate job that I actually wanted to do acting. <laughs> so um, my boss was actually doing uh, Second City classes in Chicago and told me that, told me to take classes while working, you know, um, because our company would pay 50% of the tuition. And, um, and it totally changed my life. The first class I took just really freed me in ways that I didn't know I need to to be freed. Uh, so I, I and I was fortunate enough to actually have a diverse class from the start. A lot of people, um, I have a, a Mexican heritage, um, and a lot of people who are in comedy who are uh, Latinx always say, you know, that they had they didn't really see ever. They were always the only of them in class, you know, or teachers and things like that. And I was actually pretty spoiled 
Like I had, um, we had uh, black people, we had Muslims, we had uh, Puerto Ricans, um, white, you know, in, in our class. And we just kind of stuck together because we just meshed so well that we ended up going on to pitch to Second City to start our own paid sketch comedy review and did it. And we used our, you better believe we used our diversity as like a key selling point. Like you're not gonna find this right now. This was 10 years ago. Um, so, so that was great. So from there, I, I joined a theater company um, and we did all original ensemble devised work. So that's how I learned to use my stories really to, to create art and had that freedom. I tried stand up um, and eventually <laughs> storytelling, stage storytelling, like the moth style. If, if, you, if you don't know of the moth, it's a global um, nonprofit organization who uh, puts up stage storytelling as, as an art form. And there's so many ways to get involved. They have a podcast too. Uh, that it's just five minute to 12 minute stories by real people. And I dare you not to cry. Um, so getting involved with that and then eventually teaching, teaching storytelling through, through everything I've learned. So Christina, you have done it all. I mean, stand up, improv, performance art, and you brought up the moth and the storytelling you did there. For those who haven't checked it out yet, uh, go to moth.org. That's M-O-T-H.org. And there you'll see for yourself. I mean, The Moth is a global nonprofit putting up stage storytelling as an art form. And these stories are incredible. And Christina, you have a main stage story at The Moth, which is just so powerful. Oh, yeah. My main stage story is on there. I've done a few story slams that have videos of because the great thing about doing a story at The Moth, they record it for you. So you have this beautiful recording of this moment of you. Um, so I highly encourage anyone and everyone to, to look up the moth for, uh, to do story slams and just see what happens. So Christina, you were a media buyer in your first job and you then took the, the step, you took action in order to pursue something different and to explore different things in your life. But looking back on your life, I mean, were there times in high school and college or how you live where you can look back on now and say, yeah, I was destined for this. I knew this all along. Like I didn't, I, you don't realize things until later on, but I always needed an audience. I loved having an audience, even if it was one person, two people, right? In between classes, after school, right? And just improvising and joking around and everything. But there's a moment in high school, I went to a really good high school in Chicago too. I went to a magnet school that you had to test in and they had a great theater program um, and they would put on plays, you know, and I just remember watching from the balcony and thinking, ah, I can never do that. Anyway, on to next class. <laughs> so yeah, no, not even in college. I went to one of the best theater schools in the country, DePaul University, and did not even think once <laughs> to try it that's until amazing. after graduating college. So it's never too late. You know, I think that's really amazing and uh, really insightful about what you said there. And for all of us, uh, sometimes we just don't try. We may not even think about doing something. And it takes other people in our life to just ask the question, hey, <laughs> hey, have you ever thought about doing this or that? Or I think you can do more here. Have you ever thought about that? Or you should do this. And there's that fine line, right, where we can't have people telling us how to live our life. But to be discerning and be able to listen to those voices and the people important in our life who are giving us these clues and these affirmations that Maybe we are destined to do different things. Maybe our talents are best used in different ways. 
And sometimes we need people in our life to help spot the greatness in us because we're just either unaware of it or we let our own limiting beliefs creep in. For you, Christina, who was it for you? I mean, I actually had several people, like a guy I dated in college told me about Second City and was like, you'd be really good at improv. And, you know, um, another another person later on was like, oh, you should try stand-up. And, and, it, and it wasn't, if it wasn't for these people, you know, I am the type of person I need an invitation to something to actually go and try it, you know? And, and if I wasn't invited, if I didn't get permission, I don't know if I would have ever tried, you know, um, until later on. So I always encourage people, if you see your friend or colleague or whoever has some kind of talent, tell them, you know, because sometimes we don't know. We don't know what's in us until someone else sees it within us. Well, I think now, everyone, we have our first challenge in front of us. Think about the people in our lives that we work with or that we love in our life. And, and we just we know they are great. And when's the last time we told them that? And, and how can we then just take a little bit of time today to reach out to someone that we love and say, you know what, uh, here's what I see in you. Sometimes that's all it takes. And so I don't know, Christine, that sounds like a good challenge, don't you think? Thank you. Yes. Tell them, tell them. It's not just about us. It's about the people we interact with, right? And, and helping others also become their best selves too. Okay, Christina, let's shake up the paradigm here a little bit. You are an expert in the area of storytelling. You teach it. You talk to so many people about it. Why is getting great, why is becoming great at telling stories and storytelling such an important area to focus on? Uh, what insights can you share with us about how it can help us be even more successful? The thing to first know is that we're constantly doing it. You know, if someone asks you what you did today, you're telling a story. You know, if, if someone's asking you an email, how's it going? You have the, the option to tell a story, right? What story are you going to tell? I'm good or I'm okay. You know, we're always choosing to tell a story to other people. And the thing about actually being honest and vulnerable about your truth in whatever moment, whether it's in the present or reflecting back on previous stories is always gonna be such a brave act. And sometimes it's why it's one of the hardest things to do, to share your real story with someone, with one person or an audience of people, right? It doesn't matter, people, people always say, you know, they have a fear of public speaking, but really it's a fear of being seen, right? Of being seen for who you really are, you know? And, and, um, and worrying about what people will think of me if I show who I really am you know, in, in that moment. So, you know, just know that when you are able to be in your truth, whatever it is, it's not only it becomes a source of power for you, it empowers the person you're with too, the audience that you're telling it to, because then they're seeing, oh my gosh, Darren just told me about this thing that happened to him. This thing also happened to me you know, and, and how can I help other people know that they're not alone? You know, for me, it always comes down to making other people feel like they're just a little less alone in the world and in their experience, because we're all living the human experience. And especially during these last couple of years, I've just learned so much that we're not as unique as we'd like to think. <laughs> and, and we also are, you know, sometimes, you know, our own fears 
kind of snowball because we feel like we're the only ones experiencing this, that we're not normal, that we're weird. And, and it's just simply not true because we're all built with the same parts. You know, we all have a brain and, and that's, that's sometimes what can be the most freeing for someone and something that more people need to hear. We need to hear each other's stories more so that we can feel better <laughs> about ourselves too. You know, Christina, I remember in early on in our relationship, one of our assignments that you gave me was, I believe the prompt was, tell us about a life-changing event you'll never forget. And I remember I came to class and I presented this to the class. It was a story about my wife, Michelle, who had a brain aneurysm. And I, I remember sharing the story. I carefully crafted it <laughs> and went through the entire event, what happened during the day, uh, what happened during the first 24 hours, 36 hours, three months, and then current state. And your question to me after I delivered that story was, okay, that's, that's, that's great. You, you shared with us exactly what happened. Now what I want is how did you feel in that moment? How did you feel? And I remember being taken back by that question because it, because it was a great question, but also how I realized that, you know what, that's what's missing in story. That's what's missing to be able to become a more effective storyteller, but also an effective leader, is to pause for a moment and to share how these things make you feel. It is to become more vulnerable in that moment. And that was a real aha for me. Yeah. I mean, if you tell a sequence of events, it's a sequence of events, right? Um, it's not always a story because you're um, telling us what happened. But, you know, if you want to really engage and, and empower and maybe even influence or incite people to, to do something, we need to know how these things made you feel, right? To, to understand the thought process and, and what, what actually went on, or else we're just gonna think you're a superhero and you could, you could do anything without feeling anything, right? And, um, and that's, that's hardly ever the case, no. um, right? And, and, that's, and that's truly, truly the only way we're going to connect with you as a storyteller. As an audience member, we are craving that connection. That's all we want, you know, when, as an audience member, think about when someone, you know, is at dinner around the table, like we always assume that your audience or whoever want, wants to hear your story, you know, wants to be entertained, wants to be moved, right? Because sometimes we, we make these assumptions as a storyteller, like they don't need to hear that or this isn't gonna help, you know, why do they, why am I going to tell this about myself? You know, and we just need to let go of any kind of assumptions and just be who we are. And if the story wasn't for them, then it wasn't for them. You know, we don't, we don't, we get to not worry about whether our audience is, um, is, is our ideal audience or not. All we get to worry about is, am I being honest with myself too? And just let it happen. Someone will connect, I promise you. You know, I agree with what you just said there. You know, I coach leaders a lot on how to speak to um, in front of groups and also one-on-one -on -one and small groups. And oftentimes I'll hear a leader say, you know what, I just, I just don't know how to, how to do this. 
I'm not as good as this other person, or I don't know if my audience will respond to this point or that point. And the coaching I always give them is, look, your best is good enough. Just bring your best. And all we expect here is that we want you. We want 100% of you, not an imitation of someone else. When you show up 100% being you, that carries the day. That is 100% enough. 100%. I just had that experience recently. I'm starting my own uh, storytelling coaching and, um, and courses practice. I, I just set up a business out of it. It's called Storypathy. And it's, you know, where story and empathy meet because I truly believe in teaching uh, with empathy first. And um, so I started like an Instagram for it to just get some exposure. And I have like a hundred followers and that's fine. You know, I'm not like getting, like jumping right out of the gate with viral content. And, and my only goal is to share everything that I've learned on this page, you know, um, as many free tips as possible. And I started doing Instagram lives with, uh, you know, practicing writing, you know, creating lists, uh, word association, you know, I do every Monday and Tuesday morning. And I'm going to tell you a lot of times only one or two people show up and I still do it. I'm not like, okay, guys, I'm not going to do it because there's only two people on here. So bye. No, I still do it. Like as if I had a hundred people on there and the same one person who's been coming every week, who's a, a new mom, who uh, is an ex-journalist just messaged me today and was like, I want to thank you because I just submitted my first article in years. And, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And she's like, and I, and I just wouldn't have done it without these, you know, writing exercises. It just really reminded me how much I love it. And, you know, it took a while because, you know, this person wasn't on my deadline and, and this, that, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, but are you proud of yourself? And she's like, yes, I'm so proud one person that's all i need or it takes too so you never know who you're impacting by just showing up now you mentioned story pathy and everyone i encourage you to go to instagram and make sure you follow this it's at story pathy so story and then p a t h y you're going to find some incredible content and you, you to your point you put your stories out there and I love it. I mean, I've talk, told you this one-on-one -on -one before. I love seeing your content. Also, you can follow Christina on her, also on Instagram. You love the content because it's original, it's unique, thought-provoking, funny, all those things. It's everything social media should be. So check that out, everyone. You know, Christina, I hear from so many listeners about how they are currently in their in their job and they're really great at their what they're doing and their vocation. And, but yet they want to do something more and they have their eye on a new project or a side hustle or something like that. And I think we can learn something here from you. What advice do you have for someone who may be thinking about pursuing something and they may be thinking, you know what, look, I, I can't quit my job and just go cold turkey after this thing. Uh, and they really need a bit of a mindset shift on can they, can they improve where they're at? How would they do that if they're working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and yet they have their eye on something more? How would they develop themselves? And, and I truly recommend anyone who wants to do something else, something more creative, or even start their own business or anything, is use whatever tools you can wherever you can't leave right now 
and, and use that in your favor. You know, I wasn't just doing advertising. I was learning how to connect with people. I was learning how to connect with people who I needed to sell in million dollar programs, you know? And if I could do that, I was practicing my convincing skills, my persuasion skills, right? I was, I was learning how to make, create fun in any uh, situation that I was in. My, my favorite part was going into work and, and asking people how, how things were going, you know, joking around. I was practicing my, my joke skills, you know? So nice. use everything and anything that you can with, with where you're at uh, to, to, to really better prepare yourself for whatever it is you truly want to do. But even if there's other departments, you know, within the company that you're at that you'd like to learn more about, I heard a story about a podcasting producer who, um, excuse me, who worked at, um, at a, I think like a, a, a TV station or something. And she just wanted to learn like one part of the production process. So she would use her lunch breaks and like shadow this person. And that's how she learned her pod, her podcasting producing skills. And now she has a whole company where she produced podcasts for other people. I just say, do, do what you can because no one's going to tell you to do it. You know, um, no one's going to tell you how most of the time, you know, if it means setting up, uh, you know, safe face-to-face -face meetups, to, to pick people's brains uh, uh, or co virtual coffee dates, you know, of people that you don't necessarily work with but want to learn more about what they do. Um, just get to know people because you never know where, where you'll find inspiration to. You know, Christina, that is great advice. You know, what I, my takeaway on all this is that you do have to own your own development. And I'm, when I say own, I mean that in all capital letters. With intention, own your own development. No one will do it for you. If you're waiting for someone to do it for you, tick-tock, the years go by. So be really intentional about that. And a good way to judge that would be right now, do, do a, a quick self-assessment. How much time every month, every week, are you spending on your own professional development? The good news is you're listening to this podcast. That's, that's a definitely a plus. And other podcasts and books. How about from an investment into courses and programs that may cost you a little bit of money? Not that money's everything, but think about what percent of your monthly budget or your annual income should go toward your professional development. There should be something there because if you're waiting for someone else to do it for you, that could be a mistake. So, Christina, now let's shift gears. Tell me about your book, Talking About Female and Other Dangerous Acts. Great book. Why that book in particular? Yeah, so it was produced by the theater company I'm a part of, Teatro Luna, West. Uh, it was co-produced by myself and Alexandra Meta, who is our artistic director of the company. And we had started a live uh, storytelling show in LA, uh, featuring exclusively featuring women of color, because we didn't see that happening. And we wanted to provide a space just for um, this group of people. And, and there, and we had a small, we have a, a theater in Boyle Heights, here in Los Angeles, and that's where we hosted them. I was the host. Um, we decided to do this with 25 different uh, storytellers, Latina storytellers from across the US and the world. You know, we had one based in Dubai to tell their stories on uh, risk and resilience. That was really the only prompt. And, and 
each story is just so unique and different. The first story is about uh, a journalist encounter with Fidel Castro. Um, there's, there's a story of my friend who I, whose identity had to be changed because she committed a crime in Dubai. And so I actually had to voice the story myself and change her name. Oh just every story is so unique. And we just felt it was so important to really just show that, and, and that, that these are, these, these are things that are actually happening. And, and at the time it may not seem like, um, you know, they vary in degree of, of risk, right? Uh, but we also just wanted to provide a space for these women to, to just express themselves as they were. So the stories aren't perfect either. Uh, we, we had, it was a big learning for us too, just the whole production process, but it was something that we're super proud of doing and we're glad it's out there and published and it's still getting, you know, downloads and reviews too. And we did this in 20, April, 2019. Yo, Christina, I'm curious in listening to you talk about um, all your experiences and what you do. Uh, why are you doing it? And really, maybe a more direct question is, what's driving you to do what you do? I, I, I am just like the type of person who loves to fail <laughs> and not, and I just do because I, I have to practice what I preach, right? And, and what I always tell people is you need to, aside from writing your stories, and having them in your Word documents, in your journals, you should eventually release them, release them out to the world, right? And I just try to constantly release any mini story I can out into the world, just to see, just to see what works. And, um, and you just don't know what, what feedback you're gonna get if you never release it out into the world. Christina, we all want uh, success to come pretty quickly. And, but yet there's no, there's no um, you know, uh, shortcut here in anything there does require work and risk and I'd like to hear from you uh, what was a time for you when success just didn't come fast enough for you what did you do how did you handle it and what was what was that mindset that you went into this and what did you learn through it so I my first audition in LA for a commercial I booked and that was a beginner's luck and then I didn't book anything for the whole year and commercials oh. are very hard they're very hard to get because you don't know what they're looking for, really, truly. Um, and I went like another year without booking anything. And then another year, you know, getting really close. <laughs> and my husband's always like, I don't know how you can take all this rejection. But for me, I didn't see it as rejection. Like not getting it like sucked, yes. But I love the audition process. I'm one of those weirdos that was like, yeah, a little nervous, but like, oh my gosh, this is where I get to play. Like I get to like perform, like this is great for free, you know? And that could eventually lead to money like really fast. <laughs> and so I, you know, it's, for me, it's all about um, shifting perspective uh, to something that could really potentially bring you down and figure out how to make it work for you. Um, because if you make it work for you, then it doesn't matter what happens, you know, afterwards, right? And and it wasn't until 2020 that I booked the most commercials like I have in my whole career, you know, and it took me so many years to stop trying to be what I thought they would want and just be myself. You know, I love what you said there about, about being myself or being ourselves. 
And that's it. That's the answer. And yet, it's so simple, but also so elusive. How do we get there, Christina? And how did you then take steps to get out of your comfort zone? I mean, what did you learn through the process? Yeah, I'll say personally for me, what's really helped me get out of my own stories, because I'll be honest, this summer was probably the the worst summer of my life. Um, I was fortunate enough to to not really experience grief until this point in my life. Um, And I say that knowing that that's not the norm, (laughs) you know, Um, having someone close in, in my family pass away, especially someone who I, in the back of my head thought would live forever, you know, you know, maybe my grandparents would be the first people in the world to live forever, um, is what I wanted to believe. And, um, and yeah, I, my story was, was one of fear and anger, um, and dread. And I'm telling you, I, I had two therapists. I had an anxiety coach. I had a regular therapist to help me through. Um, so first of all, empower yourself with knowledge and facts, um, seek professional help. If you think you might need it, um, I'm a huge advocate of, of that, first of all. But if it's not that um, heavy, action over thought has always helped me. You can't always think your way out of things. You have to just do it and see. Uh, that is the mantra that has helped me the most. Behavior over thought, action over thought you know, because your thoughts betray you, you know, especially when, <laughs> when you need them the most. I, some therapists are all about pep talks, right? Some, you know, coaches are about pep talks. I, I am not, I am not. I say, throw away the pep talk. I put this now in my new syllabus. I updated my storytelling syllabus. I'm like, skip the pep talk, just start putting words on the page, you know, um, and just see what happens. Right. But of course, everyone is different. Everyone is different. But it is scientifically proven that your behavior changes your 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 life more than thought ever can. I all also for the first time in my life became afraid of being successful and realized that that is usually what we're more afraid of. We're not actually afraid of failing. I think we're actually afraid if we become successful from whatever it is the thing that we want to do. Like, what if this actually worked out? Well, then people would know who I am. <laughs> then I, w- I would be out there in the world, you know, and, and who wants that, you know, and I would have more responsibility and things, things like that. It's actually safer to not even try. Now, that's a provocative point about it is safer not even to try. And that's a real thing. I mean, our brains, through uh, millions of years of evolution, it is programmed to seek what? To seek safety. And when we're looking at buying a new product or when you're selling something to someone, recognize the person you're talking to, their brain is thinking up things and objections and reasons not to change. The brain hates change. And so for all of us, we do need to recognize that if we're thinking about making a habit change or doing something different, that voice that is telling us not to do it, it very well could be and is, it's the brain trying to protect itself. 
In fact, so much so that the brain will prefer an uncomfortable, maybe even a miserable situation that we're in because it is known, it is predictable, and it knows what's going to happen compared to making a change and having some uncertainty that you don't know what's going to happen. The brain oftentimes will prefer to stay right where we are as opposed to making that change. It's so much safer to just tell yourself, your brain is trying to protect you. Don't, don't listen to it. It's trying to tell you, you are so much safer just doing this job that you've been doing, stay, you know, uh, staying in your role, keeping what you've been doing, than to go out and take this giant risk. Because, you know, if you fail and do it, then you're still safe. You know, you can still go back to whatever it is you were. Nothing really happens. Maybe you lose some money, you know, um, but you'll figure it out. But if you're successful, think of all the other things that could possibly happen, right? And I, and I think we, um, oh, that's a mindset shift, right? That only happens if you just go out and try. Because if you think there's a chance, there's even a chance of being successful, sometimes that's all the motivation we need. Well, Christina, I can't thank you enough for being part of the podcast. You know, I, I value our friendship, and uh, you've, you've shared with me and, and given me some great professional development on how to be a more effective storyteller that's helped me become a better leader and more effective in all areas of my life. And for our listeners, I think they gained a lot from listening to you also. And uh, everyone, make sure you're following Christina on Instagram, at StoryPathy. And also, you can find her on your personal Instagram page as well. So, Christina, thank you again for being on the show. It's been great having you here. No, thank you so much, Darren. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christina. That was a lot of fun. And uh, one challenge I think we can all do is that as we are telling our story or telling a story, really be more aware. Let's be more aware of are we going far enough and are we just being really transactional about things or just by going one step further, by being a little more vulnerable and telling people how that situation made us feel. You try that and watch how through that vulnerability, your power and your influence will increase. I notice that in so many uh, leaders that I speak to and people that I work with is that they assume that they have to be superhuman. And by not showing any chinks in the armor that that increases their influence, it's actually the opposite. The more that we can open up and share with others how that story made them feel or what they were feeling in that moment, that, that is where the true emotion and the influence comes. And so if you're looking for one thing to implement in your life today, something you can start today, it would be that. So now make sure you follow Christina. Uh, at StoryPathy on Instagram. Also, you can follow me at Darren Johnson one and also the I Dare You podcast community at I Dare You Pod. Please leave a review. And now that you listen to this, please share it with two or three or more people in your life that matter to you. Thanks for listening to episode 19, everyone, and get ready for episode 20 next week. And I promise my voice will be back to normal, but I will see you then.